this word with them from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you are seated, please greet your neighbor and say, how you doing? You may be seated in Jesus' name. How you doing? How your mama doing? She doing all right. All right. Thank you, praise and worship team. <clears throat> Let me first start off, first start off by saying Pastor Gregory and most of the staff, they were in uh, Alabama for a conference, the GROW conference, and they got stuck in traffic, could not make it back in time. So I am filling in for him, uh, but I, I believe, God, I have a word for you tonight. Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I first also want to acknowledge my wife. If you weren't here earlier, she did pre-service prayer, and I could barely pray because I was checking her out. And, and for, all, for all the ladies, you might not fully understand this. All my fellas, fellas, let me hear you say, who are? So guys, you know how, you know how we do with, with females that are attractive. Before we got saved, guys, how we would check them out and check them out some more. And then check them out some more. I thank God that when, you, when, when you're married, you get to turn all, turn all of that to one woman, right? And so I get to really study her, and y'all know what I'm... The women don't understand what I'm talking about, but praise God. I thank you, Lord, for giving me a beautiful wife, and I thank you that she said that she gave me her phone number when I asked her for her phone number back in 1998. And praise God. So let's go. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm not going to give you the title yet. We're going to hold on for just a few moments. Thank you, praise and worship team as well. They did a phenomenal job. I love those two songs. It is truly because of who God is that we are who we are. Amen? All right, let me get to where I told you all to go. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'll give you the title in a few minutes. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. And you all, most of y'all who come to midweek service know this is a chapter where we derive a lot of the blessing that God has for us from. I want to start with this and I want to go in a different direction and you'll see in just a moment. It says here, Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I have commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you. Say me. Matter of fact, say your name right there. And all these blessings shall come upon. All right, good. And all these blessings shall come upon George, his family, and overtake thee if we will hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall, say your name. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall be in the field. Come on, I'm learning how to read and pronounce scripture of our lives. Verse 3. And blessed shall... In the city, and blessed shall, verse 4, and blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thine kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, and blessed shall be thy basket and thy store, verse 6, and blessed shall be when you come and stand, and blessed shall be when you goest out. Y'all catching it? Verse 7, the Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise up against thee. To be spin before thy face. Thou shalt come out against thee one way and flee before, say your name, seven ways. Uh oh. Verse 8 The Lord shall command the blessing upon and in storehouses, and in thou, and, and in all that thou sayest on him unto, 
and he shall bless you in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I could keep going. I'm going to stop there. We could read for a couple more scriptures, but I want you all to see in all the scriptures that we read that when God was pronouncing a blessing, he was not, he was not pronouncing a blessing upon people who were sitting down. He pronounced his blessing upon people who were doing something. So many times, and I'm going to chalk this up to just Western culture, so many times when we think about being blessed, we think about God's just blessing us and we're not doing anything. We think about maybe retirement where we get to sit back with our feet up. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen retirement in the Bible? I asked myself that, Lord, show me someone who retired at 55 or 60 in the Bible. The title of my sermon tonight is The Blessing of Diligence. The Blessing of Diligence. I want you to see in verse 3, he said, Blessed shall thou be when in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Notice they're moving around. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thine kind. These are people who are doing something. These are people who are doing something. And then I bask it in the store. Huh. The people who are maybe, they may be in business. Blessed shall I be when thou goest in, comest in, and when thou goest out, they're active. All right. Got your attention. So, diligence. Definition for diligence is constant, constant in effort to accomplish something. Constant in effort to accomplish something. Attentive and persistent in doing anything. I'll say it again. Constant in effort to accomplish something. Attentive and persistent in doing anything. Each one of us, we are called by God to accomplish something on this earth. Let the church say amen. amen. You are called by God to accomplish something on this earth. You are, each and every one of us, whether it be something big or small, we are called by God to accomplish great things on this earth. You cannot accomplish those things without doing something. Without doing something. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 28 that, that God will cause his blessing to be upon us, right? Let me ask you a question. Is his blessing upon people who are not doing anything? Some of y'all don't sound so sure. Turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 12. So the opposite of, of diligence is slothfulness. Slothfulness is the, is the antithesis of diligence. And we're going to find there are a lot of scriptures in the Bible about diligence, and there are also a lot of scriptures in the Bible about the opposite of that, which is slothfulness. So Deuteronomy chapter, 20, chapter 12, excuse me. Thank you all for pressing your way out to midweek service. I commend you. I know some of you all had to uh, get off work at, at at 5 o'clock on the dot, or you had to maybe uh, tell your boss you got to go, you got to go, go get some word tonight. This is the word for you. I know I had a couple meetings that at 4 o'clock, and that meeting ran long, and then another one at 4.30. I just said, look, I got to go. Now, clearly, I had to be here enough time to make sure I was prepared to minister. But I, I always found midweek service was a time when things would typically blow up at work. And we always found that to be... Midweek service, Wednesday night, you know, in this situation, Thursday night, why do things blow up? 
Why is it God, Satan's trying to keep you from getting here? That's the day of the week that somebody's not going to come to work. You got to fill in their shift. That's the day of the week that some software package is going to break that had never broke before. <laughs> All because God, the Satan doesn't want you to get here to hear this word. Romans chapter 12. Let's read a couple of scriptures about what we don't want to be. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 is where we're going to just go. Uh, actually, we'll start with verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 said, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, meaning hate evil. Cleave to that which is good. Basic knowledge for, for believers. We should hate evil and cleave to things that are good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Not slothful in business. But fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Oftentimes, in, the, in scriptures, we see that slothful, a lot of times God equates that to people who were doing nothing. Oftentimes, he equates it to laziness. Now, if I was to ask you all a question, no one in here would say that they were lazy. No one would admit, I'm lazy. But are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you on a daily basis doing your job, whatever it currently is, to the best of your ability? Because if you're not doing that to the best of your ability, I can say, now you may not be 100% lazy, but you might be 50% lazy. You might have some skills that your boss doesn't know about. You hadn't, you hadn't told him yet because you don't want him to know that you got that skill, but really it's that skill that will cause you to go above and beyond. Oh, some of y'all related to that one right there. Uh, <laughs> what I've learned being both in ministry and in corporate America is a lot of people want the fruits of diligence, but they don't want the work. They want the fruit of the blessing. Lord, bless me. Bless my kind. The fruit of all. They want all of that. But when it comes to waking up and being at work on time, when it comes to, and I'm preaching to myself too, when, when, when those days when you don't feel like being there and you got to make that to-do list when you get through all your tasks, right? I mean, my to-do list sometimes is 30, 40 strong. And sometimes I wake up there and I, I see that mountain of to-dos like, I ain't doing that. Then I got to remember, wait, I'm called by God to be diligent. It's when we're diligent that God adds his super, come on, to your natural. And that's where we get supernatural production at work. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. When I was thinking about this sermon and God was leading me and what to, to talk about, I think about the current time that we're in with the elections. And oftentimes people are listening to the elections for one purpose. What can that person do for me? What can that person do for me? What can they do for my family? What can they do for my kind? Not, there's nothing wrong with that. I got to tell you that the biggest key to your success is diligence versus slothfulness. Yeah. Consistently. The biggest key. All right. So God tells us in, verse, in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, don't be slothful in business. Anybody say, I'm not going to be slothful in business. As a matter of fact, God is telling us, don't be that way. All right, if, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. We'll start with the negative, then we'll go to the positive. Don't be slothful in business. I know we have some business owners in here, and when you're the owner of the business, there is no one else that you're relying on outside of you and God. There is no one else. 
you know, when I was out there, we say, man, get your hustle on today. Get your, for real, get your hustle on. Now, some of us, <laughs> now, I'm, I got to admit, I'm not from the streets. Can y'all tell? I'm not from the streets. Just not. But I did spend three years in, in the hood. I said, poverty, I'm going to get, it was three years in the hood. In Houston, Texas, Acres Homes. Bad. Three years. And I'll never forget, and, I, and some of y'all have heard these stories before. If you heard them, praise God. If you haven't. You know, I grew up in a time where my favorite video game was Atari. Anybody remember Atari 2600? Playing Atari 20, Pac-Man. It was, you know, a little joystick. And I remember we moved from a two-story house when my parents got divorced into uh, an apartment off of West Coast Bank Road in Houston, Texas. And I remember going to school one day, coming home, TV gone. Front window busted out, TV missing. Atari 2600, missing. All right, all right. Went to school the next day, came back, another piece of furniture gone. Just missing. I'd never seen people fight before. We got, I remember riding the bus home from school, and these two girls were like, when, when the bus stops at the bus stop, it's going down. So I remember getting off the bus, and, I'm, and I, 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 I was fifth, sixth grade. I remember saying, these girls are not really going to fight, are they? Sure enough, the bus stopped, the bus drove off. We made a circle around them. They went at it. <laughs> never seen that before. And y'all know, I mean, now we have World Star, you know, we have Facebook. So we can watch fighting anytime we want. But back then, I had never seen people fight. I had never seen people shot at before until these two or three years we spent in the hood. And I remember thinking to myself, when I get a chance, I do not want to live here. When I get a chance to, to affect where I live, I do not want to live here. And watching my parents go through certain things in, in Texas in the late 80s, there was an oil crash. Both of my parents had jobs in the oil business. And watching them go through that was what caused us to live in poverty. They got divorced. But I remember thinking, okay, since I, when we moved up to East Texas, I couldn't play sports anymore. So I can't play sports. So football is not my out. I got to get these books. My out was getting my books. I remember getting my books, all right. So I vowed I'm not going to date someone seriously until I graduate from college. Now, I vowed that. I didn't say I was not going to be crazy in my, and, and not talk to women. But uh, this was me in my unsaved mind. But being diligent according to getting my books and going to college and having a 3-7 and all that stuff in, in, in junior college and getting a scholarship, all of that caused me to get to a point to where my first job in Atlanta, I was making really good money. And now my children have, don't have a sense of what poverty in the hood looks like because they will never live there because of the diligence of their parents. Amen. Diligence will take you places. Slothfulness will take you back. Diligence produces. Slothfulness destroys. Diligence produces life. Slothfulness produces death. What did I say term? Hebrews 6. I was 19 to talk about my childhood, but I, got, I, I remember like, Mom, where's the TV, Mom? She, I don't know, babe. Somebody got it. <clears throat> it was probably at the pawn shop. You're right. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Once again, they that be not slothful, but follow the, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> 
God is telling us that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit, inherit the promise. Once again, God is telling us don't be slothful. So I'm encouraging you, don't be slothful in what you're doing. Slothfulness also produces lack. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. I got to tell you, if you're seeing some lack in your life, this might be the reason. (laughs) This is a good one. I like this. Can I encourage you, no matter who's in the White House or who's in the Senate or who's in the, the, no matter who who that is, if you stay diligent in what God's called you to do, you're going to be blessed regardless. If you stay hooked up to God's plan, you're going to be blessed regardless. All right, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4 says, The the sluggard will not plow, will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Therefore the sluggard will not work because his computer is slow today. Therefore the sluggard will not go into work because there's going to be traffic outside. Therefore, the worker will not call their client back because they don't want to talk to them. The slugger thinks of any kind of excuse not to get the job done. But then the word therefore says, therefore, he will beg and harvest. Wow. And have nothing. Personally, I don't begrudge someone who has made it and someone who's, who's wealthy. I don't begrudge them. I don't know what their story is. I don't know how they got it. All I, go, all I try to learn from them is what did they do to get it? As I look around this room, we have some people in our ministry who are doing very well. Some people who own some very, wealth, some very healthy businesses, have great ideas. But even in, in those people who have businesses that are doing well, they're doing something well to undergird that business, whether they're selling real estate. I mean, you got to get to a certain amount of people to sell real estate. You got to find that deal. I remember I was working, I was doing some things in real estate for about a couple years. I remember every morning I would wake up and I had my little four or five websites I was going to to, to get information, some newspapers as well, back in the day when newspapers were had, had foreclosures in them. On a daily basis, I was going through that information. On the side of my full-time job, it's that diligence, that doing something on a daily basis that God calls you to be blessed as a part of. So I want you to ask yourself this question. I'll give you one minute to answer. On your own paper, you don't have to answer to me. Is there an area of your life that you are being slothful in? Is there an, is there an area in your life that you're being slothful in? Is there an area or a part of your job that you refuse to do because it may be someone else's job? But yet, still, maybe you should be doing it to help you get above and beyond. And most of the jobs I've had in consulting companies, what they do is they hire 10 new consultants. And it's all about competition. All right, we got 10 new consultants. The best two we'll promote. The middle two we'll give raises to. The bottom two we won't give any raises, which people typically quit. The, the whole plan was we'll promote the ones that do well, the ones that don't do well, we won't give them raises, which is called managed attrition. If you're not the person getting a raise every year, are they doing that on purpose because they don't want you there? Because maybe you're not being as diligent as you should be. 
And someone here who used to, I, she used to work in the HR department. Am I telling the truth about how the company did it? They had these, oh, I mean, I'll go into that. But they had these formulas. And so it was all about competition. So they would say, okay, I'm a level E, you're a level E, okay. If I know what he's doing, I had to make sure I, what, I, what I was doing on different clients was, if not as good as what he was doing, or better. You remember back in the day, for us as Af- African-Americans, they, our parents used to tell us, boy, you got to be ten times better than so-and-so. That caused us to be super diligent, didn't it? What about now? I'm not, I'm not being political. I'm just saying, what, I'm t- I'm, I want you to be thinking about what are you doing on a daily basis to be diligent, to be better at whatever you're doing right now. For a lot of us, sometimes what it is, you know God has not called you to do what you're doing. Maybe you're not called to be in banking, but you found yourself in banking because it pays the bills. Praise God. But even while you're looking for your better, don't neglect the current. You can't neglect it. Cannot neglect it. All right. Did I even read the scripture? I did. All right. Praise God. Let's look at the other side of it. So if God is telling us don't be slothful, I just closed it. Praise God. <clears throat> then there must be some blessings on the other side of that. Once again, remember we read in Deuteronomy chapter 28 about the blessings that will come upon us as we're doing stuff, as we're doing what God has called us to do. I want you to hear this phrase that God gave me. True diligence is more of a lifestyle of obedience, not a one-time effort. True diligence is more of a lifestyle of obedience, not a one-time effort. And I was once, I, and there are times I'm this way too. Lord, I obeyed you last week. <laughs> I obeyed you six years ago when you told me to do whatever. Lord, why are you not blessing me now? Lord, I obeyed you six years ago, ten years ago. What about now? Last time I ministered, I ministered in, in, in Marietta, and I, my, the sermon was Fresh Wisdom. And God was showing me in scriptures how even though God calls people to win before in the Bible, he gave them fresh wisdom for the new current challenge. And, and so I'm asking you this question. When was the last time you prayed and asked God for wisdom about the challenges you're facing in your life or business today? Because if we're not diligent in at least praying on a daily basis, then we are missing fresh wisdom for that day. If you're not going to God on a daily basis, you're missing out on what causes believers to succeed. Our ability to succeed succeed in life supernaturally is because of God, not because of our own ability. We need to go to the source on a daily basis. All right. Oh, praise God. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. Diligence, the blessing of diligence. Proverbs chapter 21. I thank God for the Bible. It truly, someone teaching me the Bible changed my life. Wow, this is so good. Every time, I, every time we, we read the word diligent, I want you to say, that's me, okay? All right, so if I say the word diligent, I want you to say, All right. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous, but of everyone that is hasty, only to want. 
The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, like, I like getting you all involved because I can hear your faith growing even as you say that to me. <clears throat> Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11. I don't really want to, not, not, not yet, not yet. Hmm. Actually, I'm going to change scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 24, let's go there. Second Chronicles chapter 24. We'll come back to that one. Second Chronicles 24. I'm reminded of a story when I was working for a consulting company. I was at, at the company when they decided to begin to bring people in from offshore. And nowadays in America, offshoring jobs is a, generally a bad thing. And so we actually, I don't know, my team, we needed three or four people. And we had hired some people and they were no good because they weren't diligent. Um, and so they decided to bring five people in from the Philippines. And I remember they told us they were going to bring five people, five, five people in from the Philippines and to be honest with you all, I was like, I'm not going to like them. Why, why can't they hire some brothers from the street <laughs> or some brothers from Morehouse or whatever? I, and I'm, I'm being real. I was like, why can't they hire people from right here in Atlanta? And so they brought in these. I remember they, five, my team had five people from the Philippines, and some other teams had some people. And I genuinely didn't want to like them. I'm just being honest. Because in my mind, if they weren't any good, then they were going to hire some people from maybe locally to replace them. But what I found most interesting is they came to the U.S., and these, these, were, these were for programming jobs, and they could sit at their chair for nine hours straight. And they would only move for two reasons. They would move to go to the restroom and they have lunch together. And they would come back to their chair. They were the most diligent people I had ever seen. So they were in the U.S. making a quarter of the money the U.S. workers were making. Now, for them, that was like super duper. They were actually sending money back home to their parents in the Philippines because of the money they were making. But it was a quarter of the U.S. money. And I remember thinking, okay, if, if one quarter of them, if they're making a quarter of my salary, how good do I have to be for, for the company not to offshore me? But the key point I want to bring to this table is today they were so diligent. They were so happy to have a job. Amen. Amen. They were, even though they were half a world away from where they were from, they were so happy that they weren't on the streets of their country, but they were in the U.S. How many of y'all are, are thankful for even the job that you do have? Amen. And then thankful enough to apply yourself on a daily basis. And I think about our musicians, and I tried being a musician for like a week. You know, I love the guitar, and I, I love the bass guitar, actually. And I grew up in a Kojic church. And if you grew up in a Kojic church, really, 
they, they breed musicians. Because we have service so long. I mean, really, it was like, as a little kid, for real, we were, all the kids, either you wanted to be a drummer, play the bass. I never really wanted to play the keys. So I would go stand behind the bass guy. And when service was over, finally, I'd grab his guitar, and I'd be trying to play like him. And so for about a week, I tried. I really did. And I thought, if I, go, if I give it a week, I'll be as good as, this is what I thought as a kid. If I, if I do it for a week, I'll be as good as him. How many of you know that didn't work? <laughs> but how many of us have done that with God? Yes. If I pray for a week straight, God, will you bless me? Yes. If I give God this burst of faith, this one week, <laughs> y'all don't laugh at me and my, what I was thinking as a kid. If I give God, this, some of y'all right here with me right now, if I give God this burst of faith, if I pray for one week straight, for an hour, Lord, will you bless me? And what we see is we see the fruits of that for that week. And then when we stop, when we start giving fresh wisdom from God, you know what happens? We go right back. I really wanted to play the bass. I really did. Because, you know, in, in, in the Kojic church, the bass is what carries the whole and then we'd be, oh, all right. I still got it. Don't, don't. I, I, I can break it down. My Kojic shout. All right. The blessing of diligence. Say, I'm the diligent. I am the diligent. I am not slothful. I am not slothful. I will put my hands to do what God has caused me to do. Let's turn with me. I'm going to change scriptures. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Not Second Chronicles. I'll change it again. Colossians chapter 3. Thank God for diligence. Colossians chapter 3. You know, there's a, there's a TV show on TV I like to watch. It's, it's actually it's called Drugs, Inc. And it gives you a behind-the-scenes look at people who are currently dealing drugs. And one thing I always gather from that, a couple of things I gather from that, are, you know, some people who are out there selling drugs, they're so diligent about the drug game. So diligent. I mean, they're putting in 15, 16-hour days selling drugs. And I always wonder if they would apply themselves for 16 hours a day doing the right thing, where would they be? But I understand that it is a trap because you can't make that kind of money starting out anywhere else. So I, I understand that. I, I know some guys that sold drugs back in the neighborhood, and even now I know some guys that sell drugs. So I understand it, but I, I think about that as I watch them on the street corner, waking up early in the cold, going out there, putting their lives at risk, going to pick up new drugs. How many of us are risking our lives doing something that we know God has not called us to do? Amen. It may not be as serious as the drug game, but it might be that you are eating the wrong thing. It might be that you're going places. Maybe, you're, maybe you have a relationship with someone that you know that God doesn't want you to be with. You're putting your blessing at jeopardy by doing that. All right. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. It's an interesting scripture here. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as, mas- as men's pleasers. Excuse me, as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. 
23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. You can say diligent. Do it diligently. As to the Lord. Interesting part there. Whatever you put in your hands to do, imagine that the Lord is your master. Now think about the Lord being your boss. He knows the giftings he's placed in you. So if you're not maximizing your giftings, doesn't God know? Interesting. Oh, man. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Ooh, I just got another one. If you decide to be a small group leader, do it heartily as unto the Lord. If you decide to volunteer at your child's school, do it heartily as unto the Lord. If you decide to be a part of the dream team, please don't do it for me. Please don't do it for Pastor Greg or Pastor Trish. I tell the dream team this all the time. Do it to the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. You're blessing God's people, and you will see why. Um, Verse 23, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Verse 24, knowing that the Lord shall receive the reward. Sorry, knowing that key word there, of the Lord. You see that of there? Knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. What is the reward of the inheritance? The blessing that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 28. So the blessing of diligence is the inheritance. So this scripture is very pertinent because I've had some bosses who I didn't really like. But I'm not going to let me not liking my boss impact my work level. I love fast food, and y'all pray for me on fast food. Pray pray for me. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I love McDonald's. I love, I'm just being honest. Can I be honest? I love Chick-fil-A. I frequent all the ones around, and I know which ones have good service and which ones don't have good service. And, and I love Dunkin' Donuts. Just, I'm just talking about me. Medium with cream and sugar, please. And put sugar in there like black people do it, because we don't put a little, we put a lot. I'm just talking about me. But I always wonder when I get to the window and a girl or a woman or a man you know when they don't want to be there. And I always wonder, you never know who's driving up to that window. You never know, oh, this is good for you. You never know who you're working with. You never know where your coworkers are going to be in five years, where they're going to be in ten years. So if you're showing them a, a, a bad side of you because you don't like your boss, what blessing down the road are you hindering? Oh, come on. All right, so, so t- t- to be transparent, it's truly t- transparent. I told you all where I worked in the past. One of my coworkers approached me, ex-coworkers, called me up, found me. He said, hey, man, um, I'm working at this startup, and we're looking for people. Now, being wise, you never not turn down a conversation. Some of y'all didn't get that. Even in your current job, if someone wants to talk to you about something else, you got to at least have the conversation. All right, that's the way I was trained. I don't know why. A conversation is, um, related to jobs is not going to hurt anybody. Now, a conversation with the, oh, yeah, some of y'all are not getting that anyway. But so when I asked him how, why he came to me, he said, because when we worked together, you were a hard worker. You always did your best. I thought that was interesting because even though we hadn't worked together for five or six years, he remembered me 
because of my work, because of my diligence when we worked together five or six years ago. So they've made this startup, and their startup is doing well. So it made me, made me think about this scripture that I was reading it. Lord, who are we working with? We don't know who we're working with, where they might be down the road. And you know what it is? It's the law of seed time and harvest. If you're sowing the seed of diligence, come on, come on. You're going to reap that back. But remember, slothfulness reaps poverty. So if you're, slow, if you're sowing poverty, sorry, sowing slothfulness, you're not going to be happy with the fruit you get. But praise be to God that we do have Jesus. And we do have grace where God can wipe that out. Praise God. But now that we know better, let's do better. All right. Did I finish reading the scripture? Where was it? Um, oh, all right. Um, verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord. Notice he did not say that you serve your manager at Cox or the manager at Coke or the, I'm talking about you. Yeah, the manager at wherever you are, you're serving the Lord when you're working. Don't forget that you are a representative. Oh, man, all my sermons are blending together. Remember we talked about being an ambassador for Christ? You are an ambassador for Christ on this earth. The blessing of diligence. One more scripture, then we're done for the day. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Some of y'all may know this, may know this one very well. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Proverbs. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father God. Maybe two more scriptures. We'll see. You all there? The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. And he added no sorrow with it. Notice he did not say he added no work with it. Some believers think this scripture says, the blessing of the Lord make it rich and he added no work with it. They say work or, or sorrow. Which one does it say? Our part is to wake up, pray, be diligent. Wake up, pray, be diligent. Wake up, pray, be diligent. It's God's part to cause the blessing to make you rich. Our part is to be diligent. Our part is to put our faith on what the Word of God says. But the Word of God also tells us about the downside of not doing our part. We didn't read the, the second half of, of, of Deuteronomy chapter 28. It talks about what the curse does. You know what slothfulness does? It connects you with the curse. Nobody wants to be connected with the curse. But yet, are you being diligent? Say this after me. Say, I am, I am diligent, diligent to do what God has called me to do. I am diligent to work on a daily basis to the best of my ability. I am diligent to wake up and seek God's face on a daily basis. All right, all right, all right. 
Oh, praise God. The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. I don't know how God does it. I don't have to know how God does it. You don't have to know how God does it. Do your part. Remember, the Bible tells us also, don't worry about tomorrow. Remember? It actually tells us to cast our cares upon him, for he cares for us. Don't worry about what's going to happen next week. Just worry about what are my tasks for the day. Father, give me, here's one of my prayers on a daily basis. Father, give me wisdom on to be the best I can be today. Help me to be effective today. That should be your confession. All right, all heads bow, all eyes closed in prayer. Actually, what I want to do is I want to pray for you all who are in the building. I think it's, it's you all should be praying. Anytime you come to midweek service, you're pressing your way. I want to pray with you now. So before we go into the altar call, I want to pray, with, pray for you. So, Father God, right now, we have people in the room who are business owners, Lord God, people who are in the room who are seeking your face for wisdom. Father, people who are needing direction, people who are needing favor on our jobs, Lord God, people who are in the middle of some pretty major projects. Father, I thank you that because of your blessing that's on them and because of your blessing that's on their life, Father God, I thank you that right now you're giving them fresh wisdom. Father, you heard, you're helping them through this sermon to be even more diligent. That, Father, they will not take 10 minutes off of